0: This is a Podfire Production.
1: This podcast may include explicit themes or swearing and may not be suitable for children. The world is full of amazing people and once a week I get the opportunity to interview one of them. My name is Brett McCallum and this is Awesome Humans. In today's episode of Awesome Humans I'm joined by Fish Ski Australia founder Rob Grace. For those of you you don't know, Fish Ski is an amazing fishing kit that attaches itself to the back of a jet ski, so you can fish and ski at the same time. Talk about a man, a dream jet ski, wow! Rob was born and still lives in Malulubar Queensland. He's a Queenslander through and through, Well, I won't hold that against him today. I'm also told Rob is an amazing chef, and as you know, I'm a massive food lover. Rob seems to uh, be a jack of all trades, he can even snowboard, rumor has it. Is there anything this bloke can't do? Well, let's find out. I'm excited about today's guest. G'day, Rob, how are you, buddy?
0: Yeah, good, good. So, Brett, yourself, mate? How's, how's the...
1: it? Thing, things are good on the Gold Coast here, a little bit cloudy, but uh, not too bad. How are they where are you?
0: Yeah, same, mate. we have got a bit of um, overcast conditions, but uh, the boy's tell me there's some tuna busting up outside Old Woman Island, so as soon as I finish talking with you, mate, I'll probably get on my ski and go out there and chase some of the buggers. Oh, sounds like a plan. <laughs> sounds like yeah. a plan. So you're a jet ski, skier, not a boater? Uh, no, I've done done both throughout my, my lifetime, but um, I suppose that when we get further into the story, you'll realise why I went to a jet ski rather than a boat, mainly because of the location of um, the Noosa Bar. And when they changed it in 1978, the bar shifted, they shifted it uh, westward and uh, it changed the whole dynamic of the, the bar and it became shallow and pretty dangerous. So the jet ski was the obvious choice to get out there and catch fish. Oh,
1: fair enough. Fair enough, mate. Well, the way I always love to start these podcasts is sort of going back to the very beginning. So, where, uh, what's your first ever memory? How far back can you go,
0: mate? I can go back. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what happened. My uh, mum ran away, eloped with my father in the sixties. I was born in sixty four, and uh, I think he lasted about two months with her, and he he took off um, back to Toowoomba, and uh, I was uh, mum and I were left in the Adelaide. So she decided to head up to my grandfather's cattle station in uh, Charters Towers. And uh, from that, from the, that until about four years of age, I was raised by the uh, the Aboriginals on the by my mum and the Aboriginals on the um, on the station. Oh wow! So uh, and then you we remember moved. that. Yeah, I can remember that. I remember I sort of um, remember my horse and um, a few toys and things like that. Yeah. And then I can remember moving back to Toowoomba, and uh, Mum hooked up with uh, an army guy, and uh, he was based out at Cabar, and we end up we end up moving to Singapore. Oh wow! <laughs> So basically, from the age of four till I was 13, I was raised in Singapore and Hong Kong. Oh, where as an Aussie? As an Aussie, you went to Aussies. Well, it's basically a Pommy school we went to. It was a mixed, you know, patriot of, of the English, Australian, and uh, American students. So, um, so and, where, where
1: was that? In Hong Kong or in
0: Singapore? In Singapore. Singapore for two and a half years, came back to Australia for a year, and then spent the rest of the time in Hong Kong. Oh, where'd you live in Hong Kong? Um, On the uh, the main island itself. And, uh, two two different places the north island first we had a cyclone that cyclone rose that came through in 72 and split the bloody building in half oh really so we got evacuated there. went to the south part of the island and um in a brand new complex so uh mate i you know unbelievable experience that's all i can say it was you know that i'm glad i'm glad i had that diversity growing up rather than uh meat pies and you know, tomato sauce and football. It was sort of, um, it was Chinese takeaway and uh, yeah, <laughs> ginger, garlic and, and chili for me.
1: <laughs> oh, that's no, interesting because my uh, my brother was there for 10 years. Uh, he lived in a little place called Sheko, uh, yep. Sheko Village. And um, my cousin went over around the same sort of time and they were all going to spend one or two years there. My cousin's still there. It's like 24 years later. They, yep. uh, they absolutely love Hong Kong. Beautiful part yep. of the world. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
1: And um, so when you, you were, how old when you come back,
0: 13? Around 13 when we came back, uh, straight to Toowoomba. Um, and then I had the, the task of uh, either choosing to play soccer or play uh, rugby league.
1: And what so, did
0: you we pick? Uh, well, I did, I alternated it for about two years. So I did a season of each. But um, yeah, my, my true heart, my love is uh, rugby league, obviously. So you're, you're a leaguey. Yep,
1: absolutely. Mate, I just <laughs> love the manly jersey you can see behind me. Oh, yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when uh, when you were back in Toowoomba, what school did you go to up there?
0: Oh, uh, Harristown High. Well, Harristown Harristown Junior and then Harristown High.
1: And how'd that go? A little a young bloke coming back been living in Asia for 10 years or so and uh, did you have any mates? Did you sort of do you remember back then?
0: Yeah, we had, had a couple of mates that actually came to Singapore and Hong Kong. They were in the same sort of army uh, uh, regiment as well. Okay. Uh, so it wasn't too bad fitting back in. And I was, And by this stage, i would pretty used to you know, going to different schools and, and uh, traveling to different countries. So I, I, I adapted pretty easily.
1: And you find, I know two of my kids were born in London, and one of the big things that we always did is said that we we're going to travel with the kids because they'll learn more while they're traveling than they ever will just sort of being at home, being at a school. Do you um, do
0: you think that's probably a fair a fair statement? Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, that's and sort of the whole the whole cultural experience for me. Um, you know, growing up in Singapore and Hong Kong, we had uh, maids and and cleaners and such, and the mum thought it was awesome because she didn't have to cook. So <laughs> con- consequently, we um you know, at the age of <laughs> at the age of four, mate, I was eating chili and coriander and garlic, and uh, I was getting bombarded with a heap of Asian flavours right from the onset. Oh, I love it. That's so, so good, isn't it? So when when, when I go back to to, to Australia, that I was in the kitchen you know, cooking up food, and I'm thinking I'm missing all the flavours. So the only way I could replicate them was go cook the stuff myself. Yeah, pretty you know, cool. Yeah, you know, go to the pub and get a steak and meat and three veg type, you know, scenario. It just wasn't cutting up the mustard for me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a classic. So yeah. um, when uh, you go, you've gone to uh, to school, and what what would you always want to be when you're at school?
0: um but i didn't really ha- i didn't have a clue really what I was going to do. um I was always good with my hands yep um, and you know i suppose part of the um the the British schooling system experience I had that the, the male students were made to cook as well so we oh, have That's a, always a good thing yeah, in Australia we have the manual arts and the the, the girls do their thing and the boys do theirs, but they yeah. were there they were not forced, but that was part of our curriculum until you actually go and cook so you know it certainly struck up an interest in what I for cooking for me um and that it just you know when I got to Toowoomba and then I actually did I did a sheet metal work um you know sort of a traineeship and uh, then I eventually fell into cooking and uh and stayed with it ever since or well, not now but you know up in, for 25 years I cooked so when you say you cooked are you a chef or you're a cook um chef chef cook become and became a chef
1: Okay, so you, you, you're formally trained and everything.
0: Yep, formally trained. So I did, um, you know, did my did, did time in Toowoomba and then finished off on the Sunshine Coast. And uh, um, as you probably know, I, 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 the snow seasons for a chef is a great thing, so you can surf all summer and snowboard all winter. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad way to live, is it? Yeah, mate, Yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty good, you know.
1: Yeah. So during all this time, are you are you a single man? Are you have you got a
0: lady, or what's the? Uh no, I got I got married early. I married at about nineteen, and yeah. uh, and uh, unfortunately, the marriage only lasted uh, about four years. Uh, but I got two beautiful daughters out of that.
1: Oh, awesome! Um,
0: and uh, yeah, so I mean, it sort of it it wasn't perfect for them, but it was a transient lifestyle for me with the snow seasons and all the rest of it. So, but uh, you know, they're they're all grown up now. They're thirty four and thirty three, and uh, we have a great relationship, both of us. So um, that's all that yeah. matters,
1: isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So oh, that's good. And and so you, you say you went down the snow a fair bit. Were you boarding or you were, uh skiing?
0: Always on the board. I actually had a, a bad squash accident um, in my early 20s and I broke my ankle or dislocated my ankle. And uh, I had this, you know, as, as it repaired, my left ankle was about two centimetres bigger than my right. So to get a pair of ski boots back in the old days in the, the late sort of mid-90s was about $1,000. To get a custom-made ski boot so the guy said no just chuck on a pair of snowboarding boots and try try the board and uh straight away fell in love with it so
1: so i, I was uh, snowboarding is really interesting to me because it's the complete opposite to what you get used to like from surfing or skating or any of that sort of stuff uh, and the fact that you lean forward as opposed to <laughs> lean back and those sort of things did it take you long to get used to it
0: oh it took me yeah, good a good one full season 19 weeks and then you sort of mastered most of your turns and then you just, I mean, in Australia we we basically snowboard on ice. Yep. So you don't want to fall over. Nah. Um, but <laughs> then you land know, quick, do <laughs> Yeah, I did it. I did a season in Canada. I didn't work. I just went over there and snowboarded. You know, the biggest mountains I could find, and uh, getting back to that back foot thing, when it's, it does become like surfing. When you're when you're in uh, neck deep powder, it is it is exactly the same as surfing. You're leaning on your oh, back. Oh, is it? Yeah, you put your bindings right to the back of the board. And uh, you lean back as hard as you can, otherwise, you just face plant every time. Oh, really? So it's <laughs> yeah. a completely
1: different way to go again. Again, yeah. Oh, there you go. I'll have to remember that because, yeah, I can see. I found it really, really hard to get used to. And I, I snowblade, so I use little skis um, yeah, yeah. for a long time. And then I jumped on a board and I thought, oh, this will be easy. I've been skating all my life. And then jumped on the board. just couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. And then the guy goes lean forward, and it's like, where? What? What's going on there? It's just, it was bizarre. One of the most bizarre feelings I've ever had. But um, so you love the snow, you love the surf. Which is better?
0: Oh, like, too hard to pick. It, oh, like you to pick know, one. If you had to pick
1: one, you're skiing or you're surfing, or you saw you're boarding or you're surfing.
0: I'd have to say I'm boarding. I, yeah.
1: You're boarding or it, you're fishing?
0: Oh, fishing. <laughs> oh, really?
1: <laughs> so tell me about that. How did you get into fishing?
0: Oh, look, I've always, you know, from the time I can remember going down to the bloody beach when I was, you know, 15 or 16, coming on school holidays and stuff like that, it was just something that I had an interest in and um, always done it, always done beach fishing. Soon as I, soon as I get a license, the first thing I did was buy a four-wheel drive and uh, head straight up to Double Island Point. Oh, really? rainbow beach you know it was an uh, in point, coin fraser island you know they just uh, that's god's country for me um, And what,
1: so when you're a, a young whippersnapper in in asia were you fishing over there
0: no god no no everything was water i don't, the think, you, I don't <laughs> think you want to eat some of the stuff that you might fish <laughs>
1: that's that second head always gives it away but yeah, no. so, so went so what about like up in toowoomba and around there is there anywhere around there any creeks or lakes or well, there's, yeah there's dams
0: and oh, we used to do a lot of yabby in, in the creeks up there oh, but, yeah. uh, yeah, that sort of stuff but no i never i'm not a freshwater fisherman i never had, never claimed to be okay uh, yeah the deep water you know, big pelagic stuff's always it's sort of attracted me so what's the difference I, uh, i'm not
1: a fisherman i, I love hearing about <laughs> this stuff because i'm one of those guys i've got my boat i've got a fishing rod on the back throw it in if i don't catch a fish now nah, that's me done now uh, yeah. I'm, I'm at the bottom <laughs> of it clicks in real quick i think it's the add <laughs>
0: No, it's all about I look, you know, I'm not I'm not putting anybody down for going out on the river and catching a whiting or a, a flathead. But you know, I did I did that for twenty years and then as soon as I as soon as I caught my first big mackerel, I was I was hooked on getting the bigger stuff. So, you know, and you, you know, one of those like I catch a big tuna, twenty kilo tuna. that that'll feed me for and my family for like six months. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. And, you, <laughs> That's and a the big best, fish. Yeah, and the best part about it, you know it hasn't been touched yeah. by human hands. You know, yeah, it hasn't been chemicals sprayed on it or anything like that. You're eating actually organic. Or close to organic food. It's amazing, isn't it, when you think about it. Mm, yep. And absolutely. and how often do they run? Oh, we get a tuna season here on the Sunshine Coast that runs from uh, at peak. It starts off at about February, peaks in April, and uh, there's still tuna out there at the moment now. So it's a bit oh, of a wow, late season. Wow, big season. Yeah, and and we get the mackerel. Basically, we have the big mackerel, the Spanish Spanish mackerels here, here all year round. Um, then we get the whales come up, and with the whales come the snapper. Oh, what, they
1: follow them, Well, that's
0: what the whales eat? That, no, the, the, the whales eat the plankton, but the snapper eat the poop from the whale. Oh, do they? So it provides, it's like a, it's like a bloody uh, food van as it goes along the coast. <laughs> heading. So they follow them up? They follow them up, yeah, because it's uh, free food. <laughs> oh, wow.
1: There you go. Yeah. And yeah. so if, if the Spanish mackerel, the big one that's behind your head there on that, on that picture, looks pretty impressive. How big would that be?
0: Oh, that was only, that was only tiny. She's only about 12 kilos.
1: So how long would that take you from hooking it to then actually getting it on the boat?
0: That's probably about 10, 10 to 15 minute fight.
1: Okay, and it's a proper so,
0: fight, isn't it? But, oh, they funny, funny, mackerel's shaped like a big pencil, so they, if they turn side on, they give you grief, but if you keep the ski moving in a forward position and keep their nose in the back towards the back of the ski, they, they, they'll, they'll do two big runs, they'll do another run when they get to the ski, and then they're done. They're oh, quite, really? Yeah, they, they look like a, they're, they're gonna give you grief um, they do on the first run, but uh, you know, if you really want a, a good fighting fish, the uh, the northern bluefin tuna that we catch up here, they just they're. they're I've got a video on uh, YouTube and it's a literally one hour fight. Oh wow! I've, yeah. So it's, that must make you pretty fit. Oh, at my age, now it makes me sore. <laughs> <laughs> so, so every time you eat it, you're sitting there. I caught you, you bastard! I got gotcha, you. Yeah,
1: gotcha. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so is, is a Spanish mackerel harder than a tuna? What's that? What's the sort of hardest one?
0: Um, no, the long-tailed tuna have got the reputation of being like the the, the heavyweight boxes for pound for pound.
1: Oh, you know, really?
0: A good fighter, like a, a giant Trevally or something like that. I mean, we, catch, we go to Fraser Island every year. We do a marlin trip up there. We go up the inside of Fraser and uh, we catch the baby black marlin. What's that so, like? That's one of the things I would really like to do. Um, insane. It's an incredible experience because what, you know, after the, they do the tail dance and, um, you know, they, they do all the things the big ones do. Um, and then you've the, got the added luxury of, at Rooney's Point. there. The, you've got 500 metres of water that's a metre deep. So you can drag these little fellas into the flats and swim them back to life and actually swim in the water with them. Oh, wow. Yeah. And you've got to make sure they go back in safe, you know. Yeah, of course. It's about a 15-minute swim to get them back to to life. Yeah. Um, If you just let them go, they die. But So we swim them back to life, pull them beside the jet ski, and then uh, once they're done, we send them on their way and they swim around us and they go again. So you're marlin fishing, you're
1: tuna fishing, you've got mackerel, you've got all these amazing big fish that you're fighting and you're sitting on a bloody ski.
0: Yeah, absolutely. As you do,
1: As you do. <laughs> as nine, you do. Nine, 99% of the population would be on a marlin boat or a big, uh, a big forest gum fishing boat or yeah. those sort of things. What, um, what, why are you on a ski? There has to be a reason.
0: Well, the main thing was when I, I think I explained before, the Noosa Bar, when they changed the the configuration of it, it silted up. So, uh, okay. I'd I'd sit at the Noosa Surf Club, you know, having a beer, looking out in the water, you could see all the tuna busted up, and you couldn't get your boat out there. You just couldn't get across the bar, because it was too shallow. So You can get a ski across, obviously. Jet ski, being obviously jet propulsed, it only draws about uh, 15 centimetres of water.
1: Oh, okay. That makes a lot more sense. And then... But then, then, obviously, we're we're going to go into the uh, the fish ski. So you're sitting there you're having your beer at the uh, at the surf club. Yep, I know I can get across that bar now i on, on my ski. Shit, I need to make sure I can put all my bits on my ski, is that how it started?
0: Yeah, pretty much it, it, I got the idea it, like I, I don't think I'm the first person in the world to to want to fish off a jet ski by by any means, but the first one to do it commercially, you know in a commercial sense, but um, yeah, it started off had a little two-seater ski, and I had a, a little rod holder bolted to the back of the seat. And took my rod out there and hooked up the bloody hooked up a tuna. Got the thing, didn't know what to do with it because I had <laughs> nowhere to put it. <laughs> so, so I went back to the drawing board and thought, Well, I need a bigger ski. Start so, what with. what's
1: the stability like? You're on your little two-seater ski, and oh, I'm, how big's the, the tuna?
0: <laughs> oh, the tuna's only probably 10 kilo, but that's better. She's still a, giving,
1: she's still pulling you pretty hard.
0: Yeah, yeah it doesn't, you, you don't. I mean, that, that particular ski I was on, the two-seater one, was, mate, it was just terrible. You couldn't even, basically at rest, you're just about falling off it. So <laughs> that's, that's when I went back in. I thought, oh, get rid of that. And I bought myself a big three-seater, yeah. which is pretty much like a mini game bait, basically. Oh, okay. Uh, and then went out, caught, caught another fish, and I thought, well, I've got to have something to put these fish in. So I went back and in went into my garage and I went and bought a generic uh, esky or cooler and uh, started bolting bits and pieces on it until I was finally happy with the one I did. And uh, I was out fishing one day and I was coming back through the bar and this guy with exactly the same ski as mine chased, chased me all the way into the boat ramp. Uh-huh. And he, he asked me, he said, where the hell did you get that thing, mate? And I said, I built it. And he goes, how much do you want for it? And I said, oh, this is like 2004, I think. And I said, about 800 bucks, mate. And he went, no worries. And he got his old Vodafone flip phone out and he took some photos. And uh, as I'm posing the ski down, he walked over to me and said, mate, I'll take 10. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, what 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 do you mean 10 he said yeah i've just sent photos to all my mates in the mines and they all want one
1: wow so, so that's how you start the business
0: so how i started so i I took off and cleared out a shed and started building bits and pieces and uh, you know got i think i got about 20 or 30 units out there in the couple of years that i was doing it but i suppose it was pre-instagram facebook days you know it was yeah. i think myspace my and you know, to, to to market a business successfully back then you had to spend big money on advertising and magazines and radio TV and it's just, I just didn't have that sort of budget to do it. So it was more of a hobby. Um, so, so what I'll, was the
1: first one? The first one was an Esky and it's got yep. a, uh, uh, obviously a rod holder, maybe a couple.
0: Uh, no, it has got the, got the uh, six rod holders. If anybody wants to, to jump on my Instagram page and scroll back through, you'll see some, some posts from 2003 with my original setup. Oh really? yeah
1: yeah and and so you're you're in your shed you're thinking yeah okay that, that looks pretty good i can i can fit that in there how do you attach it to the ski
0: oh, in the old days uh, we used to use turnbuckles. buckles oh, okay so you put diamond d uh eyelets on the ski, and then you'd put uh turn to the back of the ski oh,
1: so fair it looked off, yeah. yeah and so, um what, now, what's, now,
0: what do you reckon the biggest fish back in then you caught
1: you went off off the back of that ski
0: Oh, it would have been an eighty kilo cod, big uh, mar. eighty kilo cod. Eighty kilo, yeah. Oh, the back nothing- of a ski. Yeah, no, no good to me. You had to pierce the uh, the air bladder and let it let it go back down again. So <laughs> 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 that's, that's a big fish. It is a big
1: fish. <laughs> Try and get that one in the uh, in the fish ski. Yeah, couldn't do
0: that. <laughs> I have, there's, there's limitations on the ski. Believe me. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure there is. I'm sure
1: there's limitations on boats, let alone a ski. Yeah.
0: So when when you've 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 done this
1: for a few years the, with the with the prototypes and all that, did, did you end up getting a mass manufactured, or you didn't? Um...
0: Yeah. What what happened? We um, I sort of it just I was, I was doing one or two a year, and and it wasn't really a. I suppose at that stage we were considered to be extremists. And it, you know it was only a handful <laughs> of people that thought because you'd go well, I'd go you know 20 kilometres offshore and the boats and come up to me you're right mate you're right it's like yeah I'm oh, fine, ski. yeah he said what are you doing out here he said the sharks are bigger than that thing it's like well mate this, this is what I like to do so um, but yeah it I suppose it, it I plodded along with it and then I, I gave up on the idea for a long time and then uh, the I suppose the whole jet ski fishing thing. It just bubbled along in the background, and and people had ideas. They'd build a stainless steel rack or an aluminium rack and put an esky inside of it. And um, I'd, I'd by this stage I was sheffing away, and um, I Did got out. Did you
1: chef- it all back then?
0: No, I couldn't do it. Couldn't okay. do it. Um, you can do it, obviously, but it's it's a lot of money. and yeah, yeah. Uh, If you deem if it, if it's deemed a fourteen percent change, then you you basically you, so. you, you've wasted your money. So. Yep. Basically, you know, the way I've marketed it is, is purely on brand name and, and quality and and it's built by a jet ski fisherman, not by somebody who thinks they're a jet ski fisherman, you
1: know? <laughs> I've got an 80 kilo cod <laughs> on the back of a jet ski. So, so yeah, you were cooking and, yeah, and you're just ticking along, bubbling in the background?
0: Yeah, and then uh, I bought into a food wholesale business and uh, so I got out of the chefing thing and then I uh, had a 10-year had marriage which all fell apart. And uh, same with a good mate of mine who was doing business business with up at uh, Rainbow Beach, and uh, to cheer ourselves up, we sort we decided to go and buy some jet skis. So uh, when we were in the jet ski shop, we said to the the guy that the lady that owned the jet ski shop and said oh, I said I'm going to build a fish box for the back of my ski, and she said Oh, you mean it? You mean it? A rack? And I said No, a fish box. And she goes Well, when you make it, can you bring it in and show me? So anyway, I took it in there. She just about wet herself looking at it going, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Uh, and was, was that the good. same
1: as the, the old ones or you oh, modernised it? it.
0: Modernised it, yeah, yeah. And, and, and colour coordinated. It. Oh, there
1: you go.
0: So, so anyway, I went down. Uh, she, she actually had uh, a on the Kawasaki stand. She invited us down there to man the stand on the jet ski side of things. And uh, so we did. And uh, we were selling them for $1,000 each. And we sold $80,000 in three days. Wow.
1: So did we you realized, have 80 of
0: them built? or you had to go and build them we had one built i <laughs> <laughs> love it we had one built out of a shed in the lula Bar.
1: <laughs> love it that's so good so you got so, your orders for 80 and think oh shit I do that
0: yeah so we we um scrambled and got ourselves a premises which we're still in today here in maroochydore and uh basically it just it just went like wildfire we were three months behind at any one stage people just went crazy for it and um in that process, I mean, uh, Instagram started. I yeah. think Instagram became more popular. I look, yeah, you know, five years, five years ago, I didn't, yeah, you know, I knew Facebook existed, but I was never on it. Didn't understand it. Didn't, want, didn't want to know about it. Yeah, yeah. Instagram came along, and I'd scratch my head going, what are you talking? What are you guys talking about? <laughs> um, but then, when the, you know, like I'm, I'm a 55 year old guy, and yeah, you know, it's a, that was at that stage, it's a young person thing to get on there and send photos of food and sort of thing. What's this crap all about? But then. When I got on it, and the mate said, "You've got to do this," and so I got on it, and then the penny dropped, and then I realised that the, the potential marketing power these you know the, the, these it's these insane, formats. It's isn't it? So it's incredible. So what happened is I um I kept posting, kept posting, and all of a sudden we get a message from a guy in the states, and he goes, uh, "Love your product, want to buy one." He said, "If I'm happy with it, I want to be your distributor in the USA." So this happened over about a two or three month period. And, and have yeah, you
1: got a production line up
0: by this time? You're pretty established business by then. Yeah, we'd we'd already already. I think we're on our third container to New Zealand. Um, new Zealand went cra- crazy for it as well. Uh, the new the South Africans wanted our product, but there's a forty percent uh, import duty, which made it uh, you know unaffordable for the South Africans. Yep. Um, then the American guy came along and he he spent over oh, I think two hundred and fifty thousand with us to get a forty foot container over there. Wow. So that was the power of Instagram, and that was that cost me nothing. It cost me nothing to post and, and put pictures up of what I was doing. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Oh mate, it's like yeah. You know, if you told me you know 20 years ago, you said oh you're gonna you're gonna make money out of a little thing in your hand, you know like <laughs> a, a little tablet in your hand or a phone in your hand, and and I, you, know, you think you go you, mate, you're crazy.
1: You know, yeah, yeah it's ridiculous, isn't that?
0: And you know 90% of my business now is done on Facebook and Instagram.
1: That's amazing, isn't it? So you're selling off those those uh. Those platforms as well?
0: Yep, absolutely. I haven't got a, I'm just in the process of doing an online shop. We've just Because it's quite a specialised product, we've, I mean, we got approached by BCF and the big boys to sell the product in their stores, but because it's such a specialised product and part of our consumerism, I suppose, for us is that we colour coordinate to your ski. Yep. And we don't want to be selling black and white boxes. Yeah, that's cool. Because I'll just take that box from their red ski and put it on their blue ski.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's no good for us. Of course, well, we, want we want a black box on a black ski. So when yeah. he buys a red ski, he's going to sell the black box with the black box and buy a red box to put on his red ski. <laughs> Marketing genius. <laughs> well, you've got to do it. That's, I mean, for the longevity of the business, that's what you've got to do. Yeah, of course. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, yeah. and are you finding that you're, uh, re- like your
0: return customers are big? Is that, is that the uh, big part of the business? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've had a, a guy, like, like I said, because of that, the, the color coordinating, that's what's happening. Guys will just sell their box, and then of course every year all the manufacturers bring out different colours, and it's perfect. And the guy upgrades his ski, then he needs a new box. Fair call, cool. yeah. And are the manufacturers buying them as well? Oh, it's been, look, we had a in the we were in the race to do globally supply Yamaha uh, wave yeah. runners. Um, Australia or well, the southern hemisphere region were uh, cheering at the bit to get our product. We had all our, all our product in their stores anyway. Uh, but they wanted to to brand it theirs, their name, and uh, it was poo pooed in the end by the Japanese uh, marine executives because they didn't didn't want anything on the back of their ski um, that they deemed unsafe. So oh, okay. Uh, so which look, you know, yeah, that's their, that's their call. They're, they're, you know, so we were doing a brand name for them. We're not doing that for them anymore. But uh, are you still in their shops? Absolutely, 100. <laughs> <laughs> percent So you're better off anyway. Absolutely, but the only the only the only downside to it, I suppose, when we go to boat shows, we have to pay for our own stand. Whereas before, uh, we were on the corporate stands. You know, we'd see, we had a fantastic relationship with Sea-Doo. Yeah. Um, you know, they he the the the, uh, the powers at Sea-Doo realised that my product was selling their ski because you oh, you're fair you're, call. you're selling a lifestyle. You know, you're selling yeah, of course. The woman because at the boat shows, a man and woman come over and she'd go, "That's a selfish thing." You know, what what do you gonna do with that? And then she sees the fish box on the back and he goes, well, I can go and catch fish for this and then come back and take the box off and we can go jet skiing together. And then she goes, oh, that's not a bad idea, buy one. <laughs> and, is, um, and is it hard to put on and off? No, no with, the, with my new quick release uh, ratchet system for Yamaha and the older Cedars, it's a 30-second job. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, so cedar.
1: Yeah. during this whole time, are you still cooking? No way. <laughs> uh, but but well, about, like, do you, have you still got a love for cooking? Absolutely.
0: Yep. Yeah. That'll that'll never go away. And I'd sort of I would like to do, you know, small dinner parties for say five or ten people. Yeah, But you wouldn't catch me dead in the commercial kitchen ever again. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I, I think it's <laughs> funny, isn't it? When you
1: uh, when when you absolutely love something, you do it for a job, and then it then gets too much or whatever. But then when you come we come back to it and you do it for pleasure, uh it's something that you really
0: enjoy. Yep. Yeah, I didn't I didn't I think I ate takeaway for the first two years. <laughs> As a, uh, a chef, Stephanie, or this, I'm not going Yeah. <laughs> so, what's the best fish yeah. to cook then? Oh, look, I've got a, a liking for blue eyed cod. It's a cold, cold water, deep, deep water cold fish. Okay. Yeah, uh, absolutely beautiful. But, you know, you can't go past the, the, the fresh tuna we catch up here.
1: And is that similar to what they use sort of in sashimi and that sort of stuff? The yeah, same, same, exactly the same. Yeah, exactly the same. And do you, do you sell fish or do you just. Cook them for pleasure. Oh, am no, catch them for pleasure?
0: No, I catch them for pleasure. I can't. Yeah. You can't sell. You got to have a license to do that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I jokingly did that about 15 years ago to one of the fisheries guys that pulled me over, and I had about five tuna hanging out the back of the the fish box, <laughs> and he said, "What are you doing with those?" And I said, "I'm selling to my mates for 50 bucks each." He was ready. He was ready to arrest me. Oh really? I'm, <laughs> I'm, joking, so. I'm, I'm joking. joking, I'm joking. I'm <laughs> joking. <laughs> not not a funny joke. <laughs> yeah, it, it took my Reggio name it rego number down anyway. <laughs> yeah.
1: So how so how far into fish you? Go? What are we now fifteen years in? Uh, on the jet on the jet ski, yeah. 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 Wow. And so when 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 you go jet skiing now, do you do it for pleasure as well or is it just fishing?
0: Oh, uh, it's, well, it's a catch 22. It's sort of, um, I get paid to go, I get paid to go fishing. I'm sponsored by Yamaha. So, um, every time we go out, it's work.
1: Oh, okay. It's
0: terrible work. I hate it. You know? I
1: am sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you taking people out and doing that sort of stuff? Are you?
0: no, 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 no. Um, no, just, I just go out and I've obviously got a, I've got a YouTube channel to feed and then my sponsors, they've got, a, I'm sponsored by a few people. So I've got a yeah, you've got to keep updating your footage and uh you know, do we do the mailing trip every year, we do some uh you know, we are sponsored by jet pilots, so we've got to get footage for those guys. Um So
1: you are sitting here, you told me earlier a fifty five year old ex chef. Yep. He used to he used to snowboard a little bit and like to surf. And now you're a sponsored athlete who rides a Jeff ski. Do you ever think that was gonna happen?
0: Um, I'm not sure yet. I've got I've got some other ideas down the track a bit I'll um yeah, they're gonna be sort of groundbreaking and uh I think it's going to revolutionise the, the jet ski industry. So you did that, that's that's
1: now your baby, that's what you're going to, uh would you sell fish ski? Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You, yeah, someone's going to come in and snap it up off you?
0: Well, I thought someone would have come and made me an offer. I mean, if they want to throw five mil at me, I'll take it and oh, do man. something. <laughs> we always say everything's for sales, just
1: how many zeros are on the end.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um yeah, no, I've got, I've got some other ideas coming up, but it's all, what I've got to, If if you're an entrepreneur and you're sort of looking to the future, you've got to look at some statistics and what I've done is found out last year that there was more uh, new jet ski sales than boat sales for the first time in the history of Australia. Oh, wow. So, you know, you've got to look and say, well, let's keep keep doing the jet ski thing because there's going to be, there's money there somewhere, you just got to work out what you're going to, how you're going to approach it, that's all.
1: And obviously we're going through some pretty... um I think the only word for it is fucked up times at the moment
0: (laughs) with with
1: with these pandemics and stuff. Did you guys get affected much?
0: Well, it's quite funny you mention it. Um, I think one of the laws that they brought out, marine laws, was that uh, or COVID nineteen laws was you could use your jet ski if you went fishing (laughs) on it. So my sales basically doubled.
1: Yeah, because I know we went out of the boat and we had a couple of rods hanging out the back. And my yeah. uh, my wife said, make sure you put bait on, make sure you put like an esky on. Even though <laughs> we weren't going fishing, but like as long as you've got everything there ready to go in case you get pulled over. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was one thing we did notice is there were a lot of jet skis out there with rods hanging off the back.
0: Yeah, like I said, we, we it went through the roof and it was quite funny. The uh, One of the compliance officers for COVID-19 Queensland is a Sunshine Coast local. And uh, he came in and saw him. He had broken a small part on the box and said, "Oh, can you replace it?" And we got chatting away. And he said, "Yeah." He said uh, he told me who he was, and I literally fell over because he didn't wash his hands. Or he shook my hand and didn't abide by any of the bloody restrictions, <laughs> distancing laws. And um, he just said, "No, I've been down to the water police and said to them, anybody's got a fish ski box on the back of their ski, just leave them alone. Just go oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> he's got one himself." Got one himself, exactly, yeah. (laughs) I didn't have to pay him to do that either, by the way. Oh, there you go. It's from free
1: advertising to all the coppers. And they all come in and they bought one too.
0: I had eight coppers come in and buy boxes. Did you really? Yep. Isn't that funny? You wouldn't read about
1: that stuff, would you?
0: Beat coppers, higher patrol coppers, they all come in and bought a box. (laughs) I already already supply the water police with um, boxes anyway. Oh, do you? yeah, the jet ski division have um, have my boxes on the back. You probably see them on the on the broadwater down the Goldie. There, you'll probably see the police skis, and they've got my ski boxes on the back.
1: Actually, yeah, you do. And then that, that's what they put all the criminals in. Yeah, they put all <laughs> the contraband. That's like it's like a paddy wagon. They throw people in the back of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what would you say your uh, your greatest achievement in
0: life is? Oh, besides my two beautiful daughters. Um, Mate, I'd have to say this is probably it. I've hit it. You hit it. Yep. Yeah, I'm not. I don't. I don't work a day in my life. I'm. I went. I, I liken this to a rock and roll star or a bloody artist that makes money out of what they love doing.
1: Love it. So, are you? Uh, your YouTube channel. What's your YouTube channel? Uh Fish Gear Australia. Yeah, and all yeah. your socials the same. All the same. All Fish Gear Australia. Yep. And so, have you got a big following on the? uh on the socials. Uh I've bet
0: fourteen thousand on Instagram. How oh, do you go? um and not so much youtube i've been a bit stagnant because i've been so busy making bloody boxes so i need to uh be a bit more active on that facebook's the same i think i'm maxed out on facebook with with likes and followers that sort of stuff it's um it's pretty good
1: and and as you say mate, like looking back even 10 years now and like imagine that you're actually going to be a you're a social media star with uh with a box that you invented to stick on the back of a jet ski
0: uh, yeah, I know. It sounds crazy, doesn't it? That's unbelievable.
1: <laughs> but, but, but good on you, I reckon. That's yeah. sensational. Oh. Hey, so, what what do you say? Is there a certain person or certain people that were sort of the greatest influences that you've had?
0: Um, Not really. I didn't, I had a stepfather, but I didn't have a father. Yeah. So, I sort of made decisions by myself for myself. If you know and what you I mean. Do you think that like,
1: helped you with your entrepreneurial journey?
0: oh i think i think because i've been a chef uh you've always had to have a creative mind yep like you've you like uh, especially when you're working for somebody and they say oh, you've got to create a, a different daily special every day okay so even when you're asleep your brain's cooking yeah, yeah, same, yeah. same with me i have my inspirational moments happen always i don't know why but three o'clock in the morning because <laughs> I'll go, I'll go you're bed 55 and you're <laughs> up until a piss that's what it is <laughs> No, it's yeah, funny, but,
1: isn't it? this way the brain works in that way.
0: Yeah, so always, it's all, I'm always problem solving or you know, you're trying to evolve the product to be better. So yeah. you, always, you, always, you, go, you go to bed with the thought and you, then you wake up with the answer at three in the morning. So.
1: And have you got your original uh, fish ski box up in the, uh, in the no. shop?
0: No, I don't know where it is. I'd like to hunt the thing down. And, oh, you sold uh, it, did you? Or you give it away? Yeah, that it, I, it, I sold it with the ski. Oh, okay. I've got no idea where it is and was Uh, that
1: branded fish ski back then it was yep yep someone out there might have the uh the original fish ski you should start a competition up mate who can find it yeah (laughs) hey good bit of marketing local news
0: yeah i'll get a free shirt yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) so have you been back to like hong kong and all those sort of places since you um since you left like now you're older yeah i went back
0: to i haven't been back to hong kong but i've been back to singapore spent a couple of weeks there yeah was there anyone there you still sort of knew that you grew up with or you were way too young back then i played way too young but you know that i could i remember where we lived it was a we were sort of the last house on a bitumen, bit of bitumen road and then it turned into into dirt and it went down into a camp on so we lived on the outskirts yep before so uh but the last when i went there two years ago it was it's like a it's massive it's oh complete. it's
1: insane it was there last year mate it's uh, what a great city
0: Look, oh, it, it reminds me of Australia so much. It's so, so clean, you know. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's um, it's it's amazing for an Asian country as well. It's yep. um, and especially now it's so built out. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. I went there twenty years ago, and then then went back again last year, and just the difference was insane. Yeah, yep. like when when you go over to that, where that casino and that sort of stuff is, it's just such a beautiful part of the world. Yeah, yep. we started
0: the uh, Marina Bay Sands. You know, the, the the big three stalky looking thing. Nice. Stayed there and the, yeah, the awesome experience. Absolutely. Yeah, awesome.
1: we, had, we actually had lunch up on the, the top of that, uh, overlooking yep. the pool. I think we stayed there for about eight hours. <laughs> <Yep>.
0: <laughs> I think I had a few too many wines up there one night.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's what we like to hear. So, going back to your chef and days, what's what you go to? Well, what, what sort of restaurants and stuff did you work in?
0: Uh, most of my training was in uh, Italian, of all things. Okay. So I did a lot of stuff down the Gold Coast actually. I did uh I don't know if you remember the old days Palatinos. Yeah. Down at the Oasis Centre. Um and uh I was a sous chef at a place called Tamari's, which is in Kavalav there, next to Charlie's. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think that's an Irish pub now, but Yeah, uh, I think yeah. it is, yeah. Yeah, so I was all my Italian training was with the old uh, the older style Italian guys and, and proper ladies. Italian food. Yeah, proper Italian, yeah. So, and, but and that's your I'd, go-to is it or Italian still? Uh, look, I like it, um, but I, I like Japanese of all things. Oh wow! Is that because of the sashimi type stuff? Yeah, it suits it suits what I do. You know what I catch suits suits it more than the Italian. So the Italian tends to you know chop it all up, put it in sauce, and <laughs> put it through pasta and stuff like that. And then, but uh, yeah, I lived with uh, when I lived in Sydney. Um, I, I was the executive chef part owner of three restaurants called uh, the Bite Restaurants. Okay. Wood fired pizza restaurants, Um and I lived with uh, the guy that was the uh, executive chef for Wildfire in Darley Harbour. So he oh, was yeah. a, we we cut a deal, and I said I'll teach you Italian, you've got to teach me Japanese. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, so that's why I got my love for it. I never never delved in it until then. So. My yeah, well, no,
1: yeah. kingfish sashimi is my favourite thing ever yeah. to eat. Yep. It's just it's one of those. Uh, it's when you taste it, like when you're first gonna, you yeah, know, what's that look like, and then you eat it, and it's like, oh my god, yeah, it's, good, uh, there's no, there's nothing better. Mate, it's been so cool to speak to you. I really, really appreciate. It. The way I always like to finish my podcasts are with some quick fire questions. You ready? Go for it. Favorite food? Fish. <laughs> Favorite song? Great Southern Land. Favorite place in the world? Double Island Point. Oh, it's good. It's beautiful there.
0: Isn't it? <laughs> it's awesome, mate. <laughs> What's next? Fish ski camper trailers for jet skis. Watch this space. Hang on, no, <laughs> we can't, you can't just leave me like that. A fish ski <laughs> camper trailer. Camper trailer. Yep, for jet skis. For jet skis. So basically, what I'm going to do is you're going to buy. You can buy it kit form, or you can have it fitted in the factory. Yeah. So it's a it's a frame that fits around your jet ski. So you, so pull you up jet ski's a, on the back of the car? Back, as per normal on its trailer. yeah oh, trailer, yep. yep. So this thing's like a cage that goes over the top of it, which is, yeah. they've done before, but this is different. So what this, how this works is, and this is because of what I want to do. Yep. Um, I want to go up to uh, TUR or Fraser Island. You can just pull up at your campsite. You back the bloody ski where you want to camp. You uh, pull four pins out. You put four legs on. You wind the whole apparatus off. You can drive your jet ski out then this thing unfolds and you get a two-story tent with a shower and toilet downstairs. (laughs) Wow! (laughs) How cool is that? So I've sold four off the plan already. So people have said, look, what what we've seen, I've got a prototype in my factory at the moment and I'm selling off that. And what what sort of money are these going for? Oh, look, I'm going to try and keep them sub 5,000, sort of around that area there. That's sensational. Yep. And what, what are you calling it? Fish Ski Camper.
1: The Fish Ski Camper.
0: Oh, yep. watch this watch space, eh? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to sort of – that was a bit of a top secret thing I told everybody then, but it's oh, going man, to
1: be – Oh, that's good. You heard it here first. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Breaking news. I was, start,
0: start, I was going to start drip-feeding the social media side of things, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to wait until this is completely done and, and uh, sorted and uh, go up the beach and get some bikini girls and some beers and bloody, uh, get some good footage and uh, release it properly. Yeah. That's the reason why you get the bikini girls and the beers. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's
1: It's it's a, it's a business expense, darling. It is, of (laughs) course it is. (laughs) Mate, it's been, as I say, it's been great to hear your story. I wish you so much luck with the, uh, the fish ski camper and also with fish ski. Like I, I love entrepreneurs that have an idea, they have a crack and it works. And the yep. fact is that you've obviously made adjustments and amendments and gone through good times, bad times, as we all do, but then to still be having a crack and being a social media superstar um, at our age is, is good on you. <laughs> oh, you're making me blush. Oh my, yeah, I can see that. I'll, I'll take a snapshot, hang on. But no, no seriously, mate, good on you. And I, and I really appreciate your story. I love speaking to you as far as I'm concerned. You're an awesome human. Thanks so much, bud. Good on you. Thanks, Brett. What an amazing human. Thank you so much for listening today. I really hope that you enjoy the rest of the PodFire podcast and I really hope that you enjoyed Awesome Humans. Reach out to us on PodFire and all the social media channels as well as BJ Macker uh, to reach out to me personally. Have a great day.